You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. everyone, and thanks for joining us for another new episode of Talk Daredevil, the Daredevil podcast brought to you by the team behind the Save Daredevil campaign. If you've joined us before, you'll probably recognize me by now. I'm Phyllis, a member of the Save Daredevil team, and I've brought together a different group of team members for the second part of our two-part episode titled, How Did You Become a Daredevil Fan? Now, before we jump in and hear their stories of how they joined the Daredevil fandom, I'm going to have the other team members with me introduce themselves first. I'm Casey, and you might remember me from episode three of our Talk Daredevil podcast. Hi, my name is Lauren. You might have seen me during Save Daredevil Con. I moderated the cast panel. Hello, I'm Sam, and you know me from episode one and two, so I'm happy to be back. I'm so excited to have you guys here, and we can't wait to hear your stories. So let's start with the main one. How did you become a Daredevil fan? Casey, we're going to start with you. All right. I became a fan uh, through the television show, and I admit my story is kind of long and long-winded. My husband is a huge comic book fan. I really didn't know much about comics. I I remember watching like the Batman animated show when I was a kid and watched the 60s Batman show with my dad, but that was as much comic book knowledge as I had ever had in my life. I never picked it up. When I met my husband, we always went to the comic book shop, and we always did that kind of stuff. We watched all the MCU movies. He loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so when Daredevil came on Netflix, he's like, we gotta watch this. This is gonna be great. And I just was like, okay, fine, whatever, we'll watch it. It's something to do. And I fell in love. I really enjoyed the character, the story, the writing, everything about the show. And it made me really interested in wanting to know more about the character. So I knew it was so tough for him to take me to the comic book store. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we, we went and I, I got some advice from the people who worked there. They were very helpful. And so between the comic book store and borrowing no- graphic novels from the library, I was able to start reading some of it. But it really didn't click for me until after The Defenders. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you should probably do that. But at the end of it, Matt's, you know, he's in the hole. He, he The whole building has fallen on him. And I am like, okay, that sucks. He's dead. But then we clip two. Uh, so he's being nursed at the church. And I was like, how did he get out of that hole? So I found myself reading a lot of the stuff online was referencing Born Again. So I reread Born Again. There is no answer in there that tells how... M- Daredevil could ever get out of a hole. So so now I'm frustrated. And so I go back to issue one. So now at this point, I have read every single Daredevil title comic, but not like his side comic. That's a commitment. That's commitment. That was four and a half months of my life binge reading. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I finally found something that was decent enough of an answer for me to move on with my life. Marvel Knights, uh, I believe the second issue, they were able to get through and and escape using the subway. And I was like, okay, this is a decent enough of an answer. (laughs) I know it's very ridiculous. So then I was, you know, I was like, okay, great. Now I've read, I believe at the time it was like five. 195 issues it hadn't made it to the 600th issue so I've, I've invested a lot of time into reading 
Daredevil at this point. So I was like, I definitely need to keep going. And I've enjoyed every moment of it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And I commend your like enthusiasm, just like the discipline to read all that. Because binge reading comic is not easy. Oh, I can completely relate to that urge. Because I think after season two was when I was like, well, I don't know when season three is coming out, so I better start reading the comics. And I remember blasting through those runs and it being really enjoyable. But it really helped me get super excited for season three, reading all those comics. And I think around the same time season three was coming out, issue number 600 was coming out. So that was a big deal. So that was, you know, it, it got me really excited for season three. And then after watching season three, I was like, great, let's go get to season four. And, and now here we are. And now here we are doing an amazing podcast. Yay! <laughs> All right, Lauren, let's hear your story. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't really grow up with superheroes. I mean, it was three girls in our house. Um, I mean, I knew about them. I never read comics. And the older I got, I remember thinking, why aren't there movies? Like, I mean, I watched, I probably watched some of the old Batman, but it just, you know, didn't really click. And then when X-Men came out, it blew my mind completely. I was like, this is amazing. Let's just do all the superheroes. So then Daredevil came out. And I don't know. I, I think it was just like, oh, a superhero movie. I will. I'll go see it. And I must have been maybe 14. And I went to see the movie. And now this is 14-year-old me in, what, 2003? It, it blew my mind. I'm, I will admit it. It blew my mind. I love that movie so much. And a lot of people joke about like, oh, it was so horrible. I'm like, I feel like I was young enough and kind of at that the beginning of all the special effects in movies and stuff. And, I, you know, but I think more so than the CGI, you know, like swinging around the city and stuff. Um, it was really that he was... Uh, disabled and like he was blind and to me I just thought it was so cool um I guess a side note I mean I really liked Ben Affleck at the time so that didn't hurt <laughs> you know like I'm all about you know the wounded duck like oh my gosh cute Ben Affleck he's blind and he's bleeding I mean what girl doesn't fall for that but <laughs> I mean I watched that um, movie for Jennifer Garner <laughs> so you yes. know I love Jennifer Garner your I, reasons are sound your reasons are sound yes, I love Jennifer Garner <laughs> I actually can relate a lot with Euro because it's I actually enjoy that movie a lot I was also very young uh, at that time so all the problems people have with it, I didn't really care about at that age. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I really liked the idea of like the disabled character and the wounded duck. It, it was great. I just like, it, I have really fond memories of that. And like, even if I watch it now, and maybe I think, oh, it, it wasn't as good as I remember, but I still have those fond memories and they are, nobody's taking them away. I agree. Evanescence just hits different when you're a teenager. It really does. Yeah. But I will say like, the movie wasn't, you know, objectively great. I really liked how they did a lot of his powers, um, how they visualized it. Like, like, okay, you know, I think I watched it a couple months ago and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of cringe in this, but they hit some good notes. So anyway, fast forward, I, uh, you know, that, that movie was always, you know, I was always a fan, but then the movie, uh, I was living in New York city at the time and it dropped on Netflix. And I was like, uh, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was going to be a thing. I hadn't heard anything about it. And I was so excited. I binge watched it during the day. 
and I didn't have dark blinds. So I was like, I, I can't see a lot of this. So <laughs> I dragged my husband. I was like, you need to watch this. And I was just blown away. Like from the very beginning, I was like, this is something special. Charlie Cox was, I knew him from Stardust. So I'd known him for a few years at that point. I was just really blown away by, I mean, how amazing it was. And I was a fan of season two. And uh, I wasn't really a part of an online fandom or anything. So I feel like a lot of my experience was just me. Like, I didn't realize that there were like other actual fans of Daredevil. It didn't even occur to me that I could read the comics because that just wasn't really a part of my life. And um, my husband comes out and he goes, did, did you see this? And I was like, what? He handed me my phone. And it was the season three trailer of Daredevil. And I didn't even know that the, this was even happening. Like I had not even thought about it. And I watched it. And like in that moment, I lost my mind. I was so excited. I watched it like five times in a row. I was, I thought it was so incredible. And then when it got canceled, I was just raving mad, obviously. And that's when I joined Twitter (laughs) and then found, and found that there was an online fandom that I had just been missing for all these years. And there are comic books. So anyway. All right, Sam, you get to round us out. Oh, uh, oh, okay. So just like Casey, my story's a bit long. Uh, and it all starts with my dad, who is a big nerd. Shout out to dad, because he's like a huge, huge nerd. I can like, can say how much, like he was watching Star Trek and he was watching, like reading comics and all this stuff. And, and that's an important piece. Like he was reading comics when he was growing up. So here's the thing. My dad, when I was a kid, he was always talking about these superheroes, like DC superheroes, Marvel superheroes, and also superheroes. Uh, of other publishing houses that have gone, like, they are gone now. And he was always telling me, oh, I'm reading, like, I, I grew up reading this and that and this and that. And I never quite believed him because he's a joker and you can't really tell when he's being serious. And I thought he was pulling my leg. And I was like, no, there's no comics here. What are you talking about? There's never been comics uh, in where I grew up. Uh, because by the time I was born, there were no comics. I'm not kidding you. I'm, I mean, zero. You can't go anywhere, like, trying to find comics. You won't find them. I was like, how come my dad, when he was a kid, had comics? But, like, for me, they are a fairy tale, pretty much. And that's when, like, it turns out, with, I think it's Bronze Age comic, when, like, the actual market, like, modern-day comics, that the comics switched to direct market, and it is the start of the comic book store. This is in the 70s. Um, that's when I realized like, oh, this is what happened when the, like, the implosion of comic book uh, market and everything. It seems like they pull out um, the publishing on Latin America or something. So those comics that he used to read in Spanish just stopped uh, arriving in my country. So by the, by the 80s, there were no more comics. I mean, I'm a really big nerd with um, superhero stories, but also like I'm big into gaming. I'm big into anime and manga. So even though I'm a big nerd and will have loved them, I couldn't because there weren't any. So it is what it is. So my first introduction to Daredevil was the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. So when I think like back then, and I feel Mark Murdoch, 
I immediately go to this blonde Matt Murdock that is absolutely not like the comics or like the show or anything, but he's, that's what I remember from my childhood. <laughs> and, you know, like he, he wasn't much of a thing in my mind at that point. He was just this character showing up in the Spider-Man cartoons. And I really like a Spider-Man, but like I was in love with the X-Men cartoons. That, that was my thing. Uh, then... Obviously, I watched the movie. We I watched it with my father. We watched it like twice, I think. And I really have, like I said before, I have really fond memories of it. In part because I was watching it with my dad and we were like, those are moments we are sharing. Uh, but I also liked it. It was just really, really cool for me at that time. Um, and then fast forward, uh, like it is still is like, they're the is off my mind at that point. Uh, until I moved to New York, and this was um, end of summer 2015. So this is just a, a couple of months after the show has come out. And my brother, who is a big DC fan, comes to me and he's all serious and he goes, you have to watch Daredevil. And I'm like not expecting this from him because I know he doesn't like Marvel that much. And I was like, seriously, why? And he's like, you just have to watch it, trust me. So I watched it and I kind of fell in love from the very moment. like. Yeah, I was watching it and I was waiting for season two and I was like watching every time like it dropped. But I think I didn't become a Daredevil fan per se until season three. It just did something inside me. Like I finished watching season three and I was like, wow, wow. It just shattered our expectation and it connected with something inside of me. And that's like, that was the turning point. Like that's the moment I actually started considering myself like a, a Daredevil fan. Which is weird because I, I was really loving. I really like season one. I really like season two. But it was season three that made the boom. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically my story. After that, it's like I just told in the beginning. I watched the movie. I continued kind of following as I could Marvel and DC. And then I just fell in love with the Marvel TV shows. That's mind-blowing because I remember when you were talking... I actually grew up within seriously walking distance of your, you know, average 90s comic book shop. And I'm like, man, little Casey could have, like, gone to town at the comic book store if I had only read more. Like, I had been into it as a kid. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was thinking my, bra my dad was pulling my leg, telling me he had <laughs> comics when he was a kid. Because for me, the idea was ludicrous. <laughs> it really doesn't matter when you come to it. Yeah. As long as you're able mm -hmm. to come to it now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm happy that way. Like, yes, I have access to comics now. I can read them. <laughs> I entered my first comic book store. I think it was January. It was like New Year's or like the day after um of 2019 so like after i got connected with you guys and i was like okay well if there's not at least right now going to be another season like i need to i need to get reading everybody else was so i went and into the comic book store for the first time and i was like this is so cool and i brought like my little kids in and i was like guys welcome we're gonna be here a lot and uh <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been slowly making my way through. I still have a lot of gaps, but I have a whole bunch of weighed, like thick volumes to get through. So we'll get there. We'll get there. It'll always be Eventually. there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love you taking your kids to the comic book store because all the only thing that popped in my head was Lauren's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. <laughs> so uh, I started buying 
my son the kids spider-man comics so he could have something to look forward to when we went so it's been a lot of fun that's so cute starting a new tradition yeah yeah that was my kids gateway comic as well um the marvel action spider-man and they've since really gotten into comics and graphic novels and especially my seven-year-old they probably have more diversity in what they're reading than i do which is really great I mean, I'm just going into the comic book store to get my issue of Daredevil, but they have like two or three things they want to read at any given time. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing those amazing stories. Now, before I get into that last question I want to ask you, um, we're going to get into the part of the episode where we share a few more of our favorite comments that were shared from the fandom without fear. I had the group here choose some that they really liked, and we're going to go through them now. And Sam, I think you have one that you wanted to start off with first. Oh yeah, this is from Snoochie, hashtag save the devil, um, Snoochie on Twitter, uh, we love her. <laughs> but I, I really like this one because uh, she says, growing up in Siberia in the 90s and early 2000s, um, not a comic book inside, but I love superhero stuff. So did the movie on, Borrow, on a Borrow VHS tape when I was about 13, I love it. Did it wasn't like any other hero I had seen, and Bring Me to Life was my jam that summer. Yes. That was so much my jam, too. Yes. <laughs> we didn't want to meet Jennifer Garner with those sighs in that, in that song. I For know. real. For real. It was so cool. I still like, I really, really like that moment. <laughs> so this really resonated within me, but like, she says, cut two years later, my English is better, uh, and my internet connection is no longer dialogue. I was finally able to read the comics, didn't think I could love Didi more than I already did, but then the show came along and proved me wrong. I really like this comic because she's like, uh, this comment because she's coming from a kind of similar place with me, uh, that is, she didn't have comics even though she liked superhero stuff and was nerding about it. She didn't have access. And the English part was also like very important to me because this is also something that uh, holds back a lot of people that are on the, like outside of America, some of their, like their English might not be as good. They really enjoy this and accessibility might not be as good. But also like, she's from Siberia. Siberia in the night is, this is like as far as I'm like away from American culture as you can get and still there that will reach her. And that's just amazing for me. It's just amazing. It just goes to show the power of the character and his appeal worldwide. Yes. I like this comment because it was a lot like how uh, how I found the character. from. It's from Instagram. It's R6ARIN. Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie got me into Daredevil. I know very uh, unusual <laughs> at this day and age, but I uh, the music was probably one of my first encounters with rock music at a very young age and there were some cool songs in it. I just got a a good laugh out of, out of that in a good way because I really loved the soundtrack and I actually popped it in and listened to it a couple months ago. All right, so we have Ben Wei Yi Maverick on Facebook who is a bit of a long answer, but I'll try to summarize it as best as I can. Uh, when he was a kid, went to the library with his mom all the time. Uh, one day found a beat-up copy of Frank Miller's Visionaries Daredevil Volume 2 in the trade paperback. Wasn't a big fan of reading as a kid, but always liked drawing his own comics and was into the Spider-Man cartoon. And he remembered that uh, being fascinated by the crusade against the Kingpin. But after he picked that trade up, the paperback from the library was hooked on Daredevil. Uh, consumed those stories like uh, he was breathing air. 
The Frank Miller run on Daredevil is what really got me into comics, art, and even reading as a child. I've always loved Daredevil ever since, and I absolutely love the director's cut of Ben Affleck's Daredevil. When I watched the first episode of Netflix Daredevil, I was so elated as a fan. Really missed the show. Something I found so compelling and relatable with Matt Murdock is his ethical and moral struggles, especially being raised in an extremely religious family. Matt Murdock was an example to me of how you could be conflicted between what you were raised to think as moral and what you grew to believe as morally right. Not many characters are written this way anymore, and I've always found it to be truly inspiring as a kid, to a teenager now, and as an adult. When I'm struggling with moral dilemmas, Daredevil is the first person I turn to, because even if they're difficult to overcome or to see the right path, Daredevil has always taught me to face these conflicts without fear. Okay, I have another one, and this is from Andrea Castellanos, and I'm going to take a while guessing then that she's like Hispanic, because she's just like, her English is not that good. So, saludos a todos los Latinos y hispanohablantes por allá. Los amamos. Okay, she says, for me, it is a little bit complicated reading comics. I'm not a big fan of comics, where I leave the comics books are expensive. The truth is, uh, I became a Daredevil fan last year when I was watching the Netflix TV series. I like Matt's moral code, but sometimes I don't agree with him. What I most like from him is his double life as an attorney and vigilante, you know, uh, because he's always facing complicated decisions with dramatic results in, an all, in all the circles of his life. Also, when I think about Daredevil, I think about myself and all the battles I face with myself, because fighting these demons, these insecurities and troubles inside of me is not easy. And Matt chose me, teach me that I must be brave. We fall, but we have to be reborn. We have to get up again, you know. So Beautiful I really comment. Yeah, and I really like this comment because one like for me it's two sides. I also relate to it because um and despite me liking and reading comics, I have a hard time with them. But also I like the moral code and just like how much Matt has taught people how to fight with insecurities and depression. We see these comments a lot. Like people that were depressed, watch the t the, the TV shows and just fell in love with the character because he's such an uplifting character and he's very powerful. And this is relating also to, I think it's two episodes ago, which is about mature writing and everything. He is the, he's one of those characters that for me works better in a mature setting because he can teach adults just a lot of stuff of how to overcome adversity. He's just that kind of character. And I think it is just a tiny bit wasted in kids' stories because they have to be a little bit more simple. They can go as deep. And Matt is the, the kind of character that can go deep and just really resonate with the people that are watching. I have a comment from Instagram from Vigilantes and Villains. My love for Daredevil started with my father. My father collected every single issue of Daredevil all the way up until the Frank Miller run. In my house growing up, Frank Miller and Daredevil were just a way of life. I really love that their love for the character really came from their parents' love of a character. And as a parent of three, maybe for one of them, like that will resonate and that'll be a really special memory and that will kind of help shape them, you know, what they like in the future. And also like there were things that are really important to me now. Like I'm 
very big Star Wars fan and just different things in my life that I can point back to. It was because it was very important to my dad or, you know, certain things, my mom. And that's how we bonded. He shared or, or she shared, you know, things with me um, as a child and that's how we connected and it makes it special. And, you know, who knows, maybe my love for Daredevil uh, will pass on to one of my kids. So we have a comment from Tumblr. When are we going to play squash, says. I saw Betrayal <laughs> on Broadway last year and my friends started telling me to watch all this other stuff Charlie Cox was in, which included Daredevil. Now I've dug myself in too deep into this fandom and I can't climb out. We don't want you to climb out. Yes. Yep. We can all relate to that. Relatable. Very relatable. I have to say, like, yeah, Daredevil being canceled sucked. But seeing Charlie on Broadway was fantastic. He's just a phenomenal actor. And it was so wonderful to see a lot of people on Twitter mostly go, you know, you'd see one comment, oh, I'm seeing Tom Hiddleston in Betrayal. And then the next comment was, Charlie Cox was amazing in Betrayal. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, I just watched Charlie Cox on Daredevil. Why didn't anyone tell me he's so amazing? Yeah. That was a very common refrain. Yes. So it's, it's great to see all these new people uh, because of Betrayal finding the show and finding new fans. So thanks. Where are we going to play squash? And we're just going to wrap this up with one last comment from Funky Betsy on Tumblr. And she says, I was a very, very tiny Spider-Man fan, like three years old and obsessed. I was also born with some physical disabilities that affect how I live. And one day I read a Spider-Man comic with this guy in it, this blind superhero who understands what it means to have a disability, but not necessarily be disabled by it in every circumstance. And this superhero has, as Luke Cage puts it, no quit in him. And I have no quit in me. I'm pretty sure the thing that makes people accept things is broken inside of me, TBH. And I related to Matt Murdock like I have never related to anyone else ever. He still inspires me to this day. While my personal mantra is keep effing going, I also frequently grit my teeth and quote Matt, what is pain for? It keeps us going. Nothing has ever resonated with me as strongly as that, and in many ways, I owe my life today to Daredevil. I'm not wow. sure how I can add to that, Funky Betsy, but that was a beautiful story. That's beautiful. It is. It is. I The quote she um, is referring to is um, the, the five-issue run between Charles Soule's and um, Chip Zdarsky's um, Man Without Fear. So thank you, Funky Betsy. Thank you again to the Phantom Without Fear. Um, we had such a great time reading through all your comments. Hopefully, for those of you who did get mentioned in these last two episodes, you'll really enjoy hearing these comments being shared. Um, know that we enjoyed them so much and know that the rest of the fandom is going to enjoy them a lot as well. So just like with last week's group, I'm going to wrap up our conversation with one final question. I want to hear from each of you. What was your favorite moment as a Daredevil fan? My favorite Daredevil fan moment is, uh, it's kind of a sad moment, but it was also a fun moment in uh, February 2019 after the cancellation. Save Daredevil hosted a meetup in New York at the Today Show. And I don't live in New York. I live outside of New York. And I read it and I was like, I have to go. I have to go meet other people who are just 
as upset and angry as me because everyone else I knew around me were, were very like, yeah, it sucks. It was canceled. It was a good show. Moving on. And I wasn't ready to move on. So I show up to New York completely by myself, meeting random strangers from the internet. And I remember walking up to the Today Show going, what am I doing? (laughs) 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 And and then, but then I met the very lovely, I met Sam, I met Lauren that morning. We also hung out with Jeff Cantor all morning. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was very lovely meeting, you know. Oh, and Royce. Oh, and Royce. And Royce came. He was there for like two seconds. And then I think he had something else he needed to go. I thought I scared him away with, with my enthusiasm and my large <laughs> poster and my way too excited for, what was it, 6 a.m. Uh, mood I had going on. I was just like, oh, my God, hi. But it was, yeah, it was this great moment of meeting, meeting Sam and Lauren and other fans that morning. And the next thing I know, I was on the train at like three o'clock in the afternoon heading home and like, what just happened? Something amazing. Something amazing. Yes. It is a weird feeling just to meet like people you have been talking to so much and just meet them for the first time in real life. It's weird, but it's also very cool. So we had this weird moment in February and then cut to October. We're all crashing at Sam's house. <laughs> <laughs> For New York Comic Con. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was so fun. Yeah, we were like, you know, February, we're meeting a couple people like at the Today Show. And then in October, it's like we have this massive party. <laughs> and uh, that was so fun. Like, I was just like, I'm going, I'm doing this. Like telling friends, like, yeah, I'm going to go um, to a Comic Con with a whole bunch of internet friends. And they all think I'm like crazy. But I was like, no, it's like the best thing. It's the best. Yeah, those are probably my two. I mean, that's just the fandom life, you know, the fangirl yeah. life, you know. I know. And this is something like my husband was like, where, who are you? And I'm like, you know that this is just me and I finally found my people. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just never knew this was a thing, the online fandom. And I'm, I'm finally here. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Sam, what was your favorite moment? Was it one of these as well? Or do you have something new to share? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I-, I did say, like, season three for me was something really special. It just really resonated. I remember just, like, finishing the last episode of season three, and the world felt, felt different. That's the only way I can explain it. It just felt different like something had changed and i went to the internet at that time i wasn't actually um getting together with anybody or like interacting with fandom of any kind at that point because i was detoxing from the internet so i was like okay i'm done detoxing i'm going to see what's out there for their level let me just dive into this i'm not new to fandom i have been in fandom since I was like 12 year old. So like I'm a veteran at this point, but this was really special and just finding people. And I don't know, this is, this is a really nice fandom. I have found so many kind people in here. And I think that was my special moment. Just like continue to meet new people that are super kind, have so many different stories. And I just find a way to connect with them. And that has been amazing for me. Like meeting you three, great and so many other of the Save Their Devil community and just like the white uh, Their Devil community. 
But also the October party was like something I still don't believe it happened. In my mind it hasn't I still can make sense of it. Like Joe said I was there. I don't a part of me doesn't believe it, but it did happen. I, I still remember when like Charlie walked into the, the party and was just like, Hey guys. We're just like, Oh my god, he's actually here. I think at that point, my shock had actually gone down, so I wasn't so shocked to see Charlie because uh, Joe kind of stole that. Because we, I yeah. think we had some hope that Charlie was going to be there and we have we had time to process that. But Joe Quesada was out of the blue and he just, I was out, I think it was with Shelby, and he just came out of the elevator. And there was an anime party, like right next to us. And somebody, I think it might have been me, but somebody asked him, are you here for the anime party? And he's like, no, I'm here for you. And, and that was like amazing. I don't know. I really was like in cloud nine for the whole day after that. And every time a new actor, a new person came in, it was just adding a bit to it. So it wasn't that shocking. Like the shock had happened when Joe walked in. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I just, I gotta say, like, you're right, Sam, like, all this fandom is so generous, whether just, you know, online or in person, and everybody, like, the cast and the crew that we have connected with, you know, Joe, Charlie, Naquam, everybody, like, Jeff, like, everybody is so generous to us. Well, that's a lovely note to wrap up on. Um, thank you, Casey, Lauren, and Sam for joining me today and sharing your stories. And a big thank you to Christina, Aisha, and Mary for doing that last week. And of course, thank you to the fans for sharing your stories as well. Um, we hope you enjoyed hearing this small slice of how some of us became Daredevil fans. If you like what you heard, know that we have more on the way. As long as we keep coming up with discussion topics, we're going to keep recording episodes for you all to enjoy. New episodes will continue to drop every Wednesday, and we encourage you to subscribe, like, rate, and review on our podcasts uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are going to continue to have a lot of great stuff planned as a campaign from now until the end of the two-year moratorium on November 29th and beyond. Um, if you want to stay on top of what we have happening, make sure you're following us at any of our official social media accounts. We are at Renew Daredevil on Twitter, and you can find us at Save Daredevil on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This particular episode should be dropping right before New York Comic Con weekend, and our hopes are to have some fun stuff planned as a fandom to enjoy. Um, maybe some trivia and watch parties, and also, as we mentioned in last week's episode, probably round two of the charity initiative. So if that's something that you might be interested in, make sure you're checking all of our accounts for the latest information. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up. <laughs>